Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards, and this is the Cyber Church Ministry of Impact Ministries of Huntsville, Alabama, and I want to welcome you. This is the last service of the year. Now, I got to ask you a question. Was your year what you wanted it to be? Did this past year end with the successes? Did it end with the peace? Did it end with personal growth? Did it end with prosperity? Did it end with the love? Did it end with the happiness that you wanted it to? You see, most people really don't reach the goals they want to reach, or if they reach their goals, they don't know how to get past there. Well, every year I help people launch out at the beginning of the year to live their dreams, to reach their goals, and I want to help you. And I'm going to give you some tools today that you're going to be ready to prepare or ready to utilize for the first of the year to reach your goals, to reach your dreams. And we're going to be talking about the secret power of intention. I'm telling you, you may have never heard anything like this, but it's straight out of the Bible. So be sure and stick around. I'll be right back. And these messages are free at impactministries.com. I hope you've downloaded your free message, Experiencing Tomorrow's Miracle Day. This will be great in helping you as we launch into this thing I'm going to teach you in the first of the year to get you going forward. And listen, download my app so you'll be sure and get all of our free materials every month. All right, I'm going to help equip you for having a great year next year. And let me tell you something. Sometimes when you start talking about goals and dreams, there's a lot of negative things that come up in people. First of all, if you've had a lot of disappointments, you just don't want to believe again. You don't want to hope again. You don't want to try again. You don't want to get your hopes up again. So many times we resist setting new goals. We resist re-engaging with our dreams just because we've had our hopes deferred many times. And also, if you've had a pretty good year, Sometimes you just say, well, I had a great year. You know, what do I need to set new goals for? Well, I've just found that when we're constantly moving forward, that uh, we experience more personal growth, that we have an intention to grow, to change, to develop, then we tend to grow and develop more, and otherwise we will become stagnant. And I'll tell you what, once you get stagnant, then really you stop developing yourself. You stop going anywhere in your life. Now, let me say this. New Year's, there's nothing special about New Year's. Uh, there's nothing spiritual about New Year's, but there is something emotional about New Year's in that, and, and this is kind of the way we're wired. You know, our culture influences us a lot, how we view things, how we think about things. So almost all of us view the New Year as a great time to set goals, as a great time to make resolutions. Now, as you know, most people who set New Year's resolutions don't fulfill them. They break their resolutions within just a few weeks. And like I say, people just get to the place to where they're afraid to try again. They're afraid to have new resolutions. Well, every year I help people launch out into a plan, a strategy to have a different and better year. And we're going to talk about the role that intention plays and being able to always move from where you are to where you want to go. Now, intention is, is one of those words 
that you don't find the word so much in the English version of the New Testament, but you find the principle all throughout the Old and the New Testaments, and you find that the word intention is linked intimately to faith. And intention is a major factor in when we move from hope to faith. Now listen, don't ever put down the concept of hope. You know, um, I can remember hearing people, when they were emphasizing faith, I don't know why they did it, I don't know what their intentions were, but I found that many people for a lot of years, as they would emphasize faith, would de-emphasize hope as if hope was a bad thing. And I think the reason for that was probably because when most people think about hope, they're not thinking about hope from a biblical perspective. They're thinking about hope more from how it's defined in our culture today. And hope today just has more to do with, well, maybe I'd kind of like for this to happen. So we're not really talking about just that I hope it happens. No, we're talking about a biblical hope. Matter of fact, you know, when we're making this journey from where we are to where we want to go, I want you to realize first and foremost, this is not about you having to become somebody you're not because all the life of God is in you. If you are a believer, everything that God is, all the power that God has is already in you. And you're not trying to get something from God that you don't have. You're not trying to get God to do something. What you're doing is you're tapping into who you really are. You know, uh, I was talking to some of my buddies about it today, and we were just talking about how people, you know, kind of get on these extremes and kind of misunderstand what grace is, and they end up kind of off the rails sometimes and coming up with, you know, crazy doctrine. You know, it's, it's easy when you first get introduced to something to kind of not really understand the full implications of it. But, you know, one of the things that I'm so thankful of, and that is my journey into faith and my journey into grace and my journey into everything pretty much started from the place of identity. Because in identity, which identity influences your heart. And I guess because, and some of you have heard me tell this story, how that early on, you know, very early as a believer, I realized that God was a heart God. And I realized that if I was gonna to connect to God, if I was gonna have something real and legitimate, it had to happen from a heart level. So my whole journey with God has been more about the heart. It's been more about connecting with God in the heart than just in the mind. And one of the early things that I learned about the heart was that the heart has to do with identity. Now, God's a heart God, so God is not relating to us based on the intellectual formulas that we have. God is relating to us more out of us knowing who we are and relating to Him based on who we really are now that we're in Jesus. So you see, when we came into Jesus, we got a new identity. We literally became a new person. You know, you hear a lot of talk about the sin issue, and you know, the sin issue is a really legitimate thing to talk about. And uh, again, people really get confused about a lot of these things because the religionists have redefined biblical words so that we don't relate to them as much as from a biblical perspective as we do from a, a religious or cultural perspective. But you know, again, if you've heard me talk about this, most people, when they think about sin, they just think about doing wrong and doing bad things. And most people, if they define sin, they're going to say that um, sin is to miss the mark. And in actuality, that, that's only half of the Greek definition. But even the definition that I'm going to give you doesn't really fully encompass what sin really involves. Now, again, when you start talking about sin, uh, you're getting ready to turn your TV off right now, turn your computer off. Don't do it because I got good news for you. You see, 
really the definition in the Greek of sin is to miss the mark of the prize or to miss the mark of the gold. So it, it's not about doing wrong. It's not about I missed the mark and so I did something wrong. It's about the fact that I didn't hit or aim for the target of the goal that God really has for me. So really, in essence, sin gets down more to the fact that our goal, our sense of who we are, our sense of our identity is much less than, is much lower than God's sense of our identity, how God actually sees us. You know, that's what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden. You see, they were creating the likeness and the image of God, and through this conversation with the serpent, ultimately they end up in this situation where they're starting to think that they are really not like God and that they would become like God if they would give in to this temptation. You see, in order to give in to that temptation, they first had to feel this sense of lack. They had to feel that they really were not who God says they are. All problems in life, all chaos that we create in our life, all these behavioral things that we do wrong, they start with a heart issue because we don't embrace who we really are in Jesus. We see and experience and feel about ourselves differently than God sees and feels about us. And so to get saved from sin really means that you know, not only am I going to get saved from my transgressions, you know, and really, remember, there's eight or nine different Greek words for sin. They all mean something different. But the ultimate of getting saved from sin is getting saved from this person that I am outside of Jesus. This person who identifies myself based on my failures, my successes, based on all of my life experiences. So when I get saved from sin, I'm getting saved from anything that would cause me to see myself as different or less than God sees me. See, God sees me and you as a son, as an heir, as a joint heir, as more than a conqueror. Now, you know, we read those passages of scriptures and we don't see those as really happening in our real life. We don't even expect them to happen anymore. You know what? After you have a few disappointments, you start thinking, well, you know, that may be what the Bible calls me, but that's just a title, a name, a position. No, this is a power that works in us where we can function, we can enjoy the inheritance because we're joint heirs, where we can live like overcomers because we are more than conquerors. And so when we approach everything about God from our identity, it's never about the fact that we're not enough and we've got to become something else. Setting new goals doesn't mean there's anything wrong with who I am. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with where I am in God. It just means that I'm wanting to experience more of what God has given me in the Lord Jesus. And maybe I want to influence other people and bring more of the kingdom of God to the world. So we're going to dive into this. I'm going to get you positioned to be ready at the first of the year to make a whole new journey in your goals and dreams. I'll be right back with more in just a minute. The Miraculous Power of Thankfulness is not only a series that's going to transform every aspect of your daily life, but it is a series that's going to equip you, prepare you for where we're going to go next year. It's going to prepare you to be able to spot, to be able to recognize the opportunities that are coming into your life because you have trained your mind to recognize all of the good things and look past all the bad things. You want to be sure and get this series. It's going to change everything about how you enjoy life and everything about where you're going. You know, I hope you're getting this, that when God 
you know, called us to save us from sin. He wasn't just saying, you're so disgusting, I can't stand you, so I got to clean you up and fix you up so that you'll be good enough to be in my presence. You know, it's more like him saying, what I have for you is so good. What I have for you is so big. What I have for you is so phenomenal that you'll never hit this target. You'll never hit this goal seeing yourself the way you are. So I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to give you a new heart so that you can not only see, but you can be who I see you as being. You know, that, to me, that's just so incredible. And that changes your whole journey as a believer. You're no longer just trying to get good enough. You're no longer trying to earn stuff. You're just realizing God is just bigger than I can conceive. Life can be better than I can conceive if I'm seeing myself the way I used to see myself, if I'm seeing myself as outside of Jesus, if I'm seeing myself as any less than all things are possible, then I'm, I'm really seeing myself too small. You know, that's what repentance is all about, just taking us through, changing our mind more than anything about who God is, more than anything about who we're going to be in Him. So once we realize what track we're on, then we, we start making this journey. And you know, the journey of growth and development is not a journey, like I said earlier, of you or I becoming somebody new. It's not that we're having to change to get God satisfied with us. It's the fact that now that we've been made new, our, our spirit man has been perfected, been made righteous. Now, in order for us to be unified as this person, spirit, soul, and body, now our soul and our body have to align with this new creation that we are inwardly. So it's more about putting on the new man than it is about becoming the new man. It's more about yielding to righteousness than it is about becoming righteous. And so it's all about this transformation of what God has done inside of us coming to the outside. So this journey is in fact a journey of hope and faith in reality. Now, I want you to understand something. All transformation actually begins with renewing the mind, with getting information, with getting the truth. And so when we start getting the truth about who we are, maybe even getting the truth about what has been promised to us, so we're looking at where we want to go, then now that I've got the truth, if I believe that truth, then I enter into this realm called hope. In other words, I start embracing the truth and I start realizing, man, life could be better than I thought it could be. I could help more people or I could help my family more or I could be healthy or I could have more energy or, or whatever. I, you know, I, I could do the job that I never believed I could do. And this is really where we are as believers. We've got a target out there that's so good that the problem isn't that we can't hit the target. The problem is we don't believe the target, so we shoot at a lower target. We shoot at a lesser life. We're just kind of hoping to go you know, from here to here instead of from here to here because we don't really see ourselves as we really are in Jesus. So that we're on this trip. We're on this journey. And so we start getting information. And I'll tell you, if you listen to my series, if you watch this broadcast, and you can go back anytime you want to through all of our archives. Just go to impactministries.com and... You can go back through all of these programs and podcasts and everything that we have, and you will learn a wealth of truth about who you really are in Jesus and what you really have in Jesus. And I'm telling you, that's going to cause hope to start coming alive in you.
But I found that, remember, hope is the confident expectations of good things. Now, hope always has to do with the future. Now, we first embrace the possibility of something happening in the future because we are not in faith. We're not absolute. We're not perfectly clear. We are not totally convinced that it is ours now. So we embrace it as something that we can experience sometime in the future. Even if we believe it legally belongs to us now, we tend to put it in the future because right now it's just too unrealistic. It's just too far out of reach. There's nothing wrong with that, but hope deferred or hope that gets put off or doesn't come to pass makes the heart sick. And so many people have hopes that never, ever, ever come to pass. And this is where people get heart sick. This is where people get broken hearts, disappointed, stop believing, stop trusting God. And most people don't know how to actually move from this realm of hope to faith. And remember, hope is for the future. Faith brings the future into this very moment. You know, earlier this month, we call it time travel. You were talking about time travel into the past where you travel back in time and relive the past. But then there's time travel to the future where you travel to the future, but you bring it into this present moment. Now, one of the clear missing factors of being able to move from hope to faith, and remember, we're talking about setting goals for the new year. We're talking about going somewhere uh, next year. We're talking about making some decisions and moving forward. But one of the things that's absolutely missing is intention. Now, there has to be an intention to leave the past behind or else you don't come out of the past. And you can't put on a new life if you don't leave the past behind. So intention becomes what starts happening in us that's part of moving us from the realm of hope to faith. Now remember, hope came because we started seeing these promises that are ours. Hope came because we started recognizing specifically who we are in Jesus so we feel right about ourselves. We know that God's not withholding. We start seeing God as He is. He's good. He's only good. So intention then has to step in and say, okay, if all of this is true, what is my intention? You know, sometimes I'll find myself and communion with God, I'll be saying, now, Father, I want to do this. And I'll just stop myself or the Holy Spirit will kind of, you know, stop me. It's like, it don't matter what I want to do. The real question is, what do I intend to do? You see, intention is not what you want to do. There's a lot of things we want to do, but we have no intention of ever doing them. There's a lot of things we would desire to have and experience. But we have no clear-cut, established intention. Because once intention comes alive inside of us, I tell you, we move to a new level of grace. You know, the Bible talks about moving from grace to grace. Well, what happens is every time we move to a new level, you know, from information, you know, information starts and grace works in us to, to empower us and make us to believe that that information could be ours. Well, then hope comes alive inside of us. And then grace starts working in us to move us to that next step of intention. And when we start making that step of intention, we start realizing that we can have this. We can do this. We can be this because it's all based on what we believe in our heart about who God is, who we are in Him. So it all gets pretty simple. Now, intention is, this is one of these words that's a little hard to explain. I'm going to talk to you in our mentoring moment today about how to establish intention. You know, intention, if you look it up, the definition, some people, it would be defined as determination. 
It would be defined as intent, or it could be defined as a purpose that one truly means to carry it out. Intent, of course, is something that's intended. And of course, one of the things that's always linked to intention is purpose, passion, and design. So if I'm moving from hope to intention, then this means I am no longer just considering this as a possibility of something I could have in the future. I'm no longer saying I would like to have this, I would like to do this, I would like, I'm saying I absolutely intend to do this. I absolutely intend to accomplish this. And, you know, studies have shown that if two athletes are competing and they are pretty much of equal strength and equal capability, that usually the determining factor about who's going to win when they compete is the one who had the intention to win. The person that was just there going to do the best that they could do, they very probably might not win only because they don't have this clear-cut intention. The way God created us, once we have intention, we start getting ability. We start getting strength. Well, hey, wait a minute. That's what grace is. Grace is God's ability, God's strength. It's not just our willpower. It's God working in us. So one of the things that's got to happen for you to be ready for where I want to take you next year if you want to go, and that is there has to be, first and foremost, an intention to leave the past behind. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is Philippians 3, 12, where it says, Paul says, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of me. He says in verse 13, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Man, oh, I love that scripture. This is a picture of, I am leaving the old man behind. I am leaving my old life behind. I'm leaving my failures behind. I'm leaving the way I feel about myself behind. I am leaving every aspect of who I thought I was, who I claim to be, who my, my life says I am. I'm leaving that behind because I'm not that person anymore. And number one, I clearly intend to end all of that way of life. I intend to end that way of thinking. I intend to end that way of behavior. I intend to take all of the limits off. You know, that's what happens when you die to self. All you're doing is taking the limits off because you're limited to who you think you are. You're limited to your sense of identity. So we're leaving the old man behind. You know, the word old, when it talks about old man, there has to do with the original or that which was there from the beginning. We don't want to be who we were from the beginning. We don't want to be who we were in this natural world. We want to put off that old man. Well, that's got to start with an intention. It's like, I choose to leave this behind. And then we've got to turn our intention around and determine what we choose, what we intend to have in the future. And then we connect with God around this. And I got news for you. Started, we read the Word of God. We started reading these promises, started realizing they were ours. We started embracing them from a distance, and then we moved to hope. And then we started making our intention, and now we're going to move to the place of faith. Listen, I'll be back from my mentoring moment in just a minute. Stay with me. Listen, if you want to join me to reach one billion people around the world and turn them into disciples who are following God, serving God, and touching the world, then join me in Operation One Billion. Go to impactministries.com and find out what it's about. I know you don't have much time left, but I just want to remind you, we decided to extend our 
year-end special all the way to the end of January the 1st. You know, people ask me sometimes, I say, Jim, why do you make these products available like this? Well, you know what? We put everything that we can into these broadcasts. We put all kinds of free stuff on our website. But you know, if people truly want to become a disciple, they have a tendency to want to take this to go deeper, then most people would be interested in a broadcast like this. And Jesus didn't call us to fix everybody. He called us to preach the word and to make disciples so that you know how to connect with God for yourself. So listen, if there are programs that you've been wanting to get heart all of our materials are at a great discount. So be sure and go to our website, get the tools and resources that you want to get. I really encourage you, if you want to make this heart journey, if you want to go where you've never, ever gone in this thing about walking with God with your heart, this is the time to get it and get at a great price. I want to be a blessing to you. I want to help you live your dreams. One of the things I want you to do this year or in the upcoming year is you have some goals, you know, some destination that you want to reach. Well, many times you can't put a date on. You can't say in three months I'm going to be a millionaire or in six months I'm going to find the person of my dreams. But you have to bring yourself to a place of intention where you're absolutely committed to the fact that these things are going to happen. Now, the clearer that you make the picture in your own mind, and I recommend that you write it down, the clearer you make the intention of what your goal is, the more power that works in you. You know, the Bible says without a vision or a clear mental picture, people cast off their restraints. They have nothing driving them. So the clearer you get something, the more you have something internally driving you. And then the next thing you do is whatever you do, when you set your goal, when you say, okay, I intend to be in a loving relationship, you don't set a time factor on it and you don't even try to determine how it's going to get there. But here's what you do. You decide what behaviors you want in your life. Write them down. You know, I'm going to be more genuine. I'm going to be more gentle. I'm going to be more kind. I'm going to be more grateful. And here's some things that I am not taking in this. And again, you got to set intention here. And here's how you set the intention about leaving the past behind and something new. Number one, you start making a list of all of the benefits that will come into your life by being able to do this. You're like a person who wants to get healthy. Sit down and write out, if I'm healthy, if I have more energy, then I'm going to have a better relationship with God because I'm going to feel like getting up and praying. I'm going to feel like reading the Bible. I intend to enjoy my family more. I intend to have a more romantic relationship with my wife. I intend to prosper at work more because I'll be able to bring more into it. And so you set down the intentions of what's going to come into your life as a result of living this goal and passion will come alive inside you and suddenly you'll discover not an intellectual definition of intention but the experience of intention. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.